With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. volume boxing with chris maddox is presented by FanDuel sportsbook there is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. it's got great odds and markets for mlb pga tour tennis football futures so much more it's america's number one sportsbook it's easy to use it's safe and secure you get your winnings fast which i know matters to everybody it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay and can discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Boxing fans know that I make my picks with FanDuel every single week, and I've been hot lately. I've been very hot. So stick with FanDuel. Stick with me. We'll get you some winners. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know that I sent you. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, we are in Los Angeles. Ryan Garcia, Javier Fortuna, lightweight fight, big event at Crypto.com Arena, previously known as Staples Center. We change things, change names all the time here in the U.S., depending on who will fork over a check. Uh, joining me this week is, is a man who's part of the broadcast team, Ade Oladipo, DAZN broadcaster. Um, and this may be, this is your first time on the podcast. Yeah. It may be your last time on the podcast because, <laughs> like, will you be welcome back in the U.K. having done Chris Mannix's podcast? No. No. It's a simple answer. No, no, no. <laughs> like, literally, they will stop me at Heathrow Airport and take my passport back and probably send me to Nigeria um, <laughs> for doing this review. I am banned from all the boxing <laughs> boxing sort of purists in the UK. By the way, can we go back to that crypto.com arena? Yes. I can't stand it. It's and it's I don't know if I'm the broadcaster, I'm allowed to say the Staples Center, but I... No, like you, I can't, you can't go Staples Center. No, you can't go Staples Center. You, you, Lisa, I've been told then. They're, they're trying to make it the crypt at some point. Oh, really? Like that's, but that's a little creepy too. Yeah, like, yeah, it sounds like a horror movie yeah, in the 80s or yeah. 90s. Although it? I will say this, like, you know, because I, I covered this at the time, I did a lot of uh, basketball games and fights yeah. at the Staples Center, and like, People in L.A. Mm. were so, like, 
they were so upset over yeah. the change of name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I, I get that Crypto.com Arena is weird, but you're getting upset over a building that was named after an office supply store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can, we, can, we be, can we be clear on like yeah. what yeah. Staples and is? you don't have to call it the crypto. Yeah. Like you just can call, call it the Staples. Yeah. Like in, in, in football, obviously, um, Barcelona's new camp is now... What is it? The um, Spotify New Camp. Yeah. And everyone went mad about that. And everyone was like, well, you can just keep calling it Camp New. You don't yeah. really have to call it Spotify. Yeah. We do uh, as broadcasters, but you guys certainly don't have to. Yeah. It, it, eventually you get used to everything, right? Like I exactly. remember, you know, being in, in Boston, Massachusetts, like the Boston Garden went away in the late 1990s and it became the Fleet Center. And everybody was like, we're not calling it that. Mm. Boston Garden was there 50 years. And like after a year, we called it the Fleet Center. Like See, it's just people, their attention the spans is. are like just gnats. The you, it you doesn't get upset, matter. Um, about things. We as people now get upset about everything. Yes. That's we are angry human beings. Yes. As I know, I know from social media. Oh, yeah. That, well, the, yeah, that's, that's the just UK the, fans. Like don't retweet this podcast when it comes out. Like don't. Anything. <laughs> I, I, honestly, Chris, if, if I was rich enough and I didn't need it, I would probably delete it. I would too. Yeah, I, I say it all the time. It. I don't, if I, it's just horrible. Like, honestly, it's, a, it's a work tool at this yeah, that's point. All it like, is. That's yeah. all it is. And I tell people that as well. Like, you can follow me on it, but it's a work tool. Yes. You me to put my personal life on it. I will just tweet about boxing and football and anything else that comes to mind. Yeah. But that's it. I, yeah. You mean you don't tweet about you don't tweet about like Boris Johnson and your thoughts on you know his, there's, his there's sometimes where I want to press tweet and then I'm like eh, is that a cancelled tweet am I am I going to be banned? No upside to it. No upside to tweeting like that. Nothing to it. Like someone. Asked me, Ade, what's your opinion on the vaccination? I was like, dude, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> you want to meet me in the pub for that conversation? We yes. can do it, but I'm not going to tweet about it. We don't need to do it on, uh, on social media. Uh, but glad you're here. Glad you're doing the show this weekend here in Los Angeles. Um, we're going to get to Garcia against Fortuna. But I want to look back to a show you were at last week, Derek mm. Chisora. Yeah. Uh, he picks up a career-continuing win yeah, over Kubrat Pulov. I guess I shouldn't say that because Chisora might have kept going anyway. Like he's just yeah. He just keeps plowing on through, but he mm. gets the win uh, over Pulev. Um Did you think he won? I thought he won. Okay, I thought cool. he won. Okay. I, I tried not to score it because I bet on it at yeah. the time. <laughs> he was Listen, he was a 6-1 to underdog wow. at, uh, as, by decision. I okay. knew he was never going to knock Pulev out, yeah. but he was a 6-1 to underdog by decision in the U.S., and I'm like, that's way too high. That's like, too high. Pulev beat a fat Jerry Forrest yeah. in his last time out, and he's uh, just he as washed as— he triangle before that? Yeah, he's doing triad up. stuff. and yeah. No, no, that, that, that was just great. So I bet it. So I didn't want to score it because I'd be— but look, it was close enough that yeah. I'm like, you know, when I heard the final scores, like they made some sense. What did you? I mean, it was, it was a slobber knocker to yeah. use uh, yeah. a favorite it phrase. It wasn't a great fight. Yeah, if we're, if we're brutally honest, um, I, I don't know. They just looked like two old men, <laughs> like really old, like stiff and old. Like um, I thought we might see a better Pulev, and maybe he convinced me because of all the sort of the the midweek antics. I was like, okay, Pulev looked like he might be in shape and strong. Chizora. I interviewed him and I can kind of see as he walks that he's a stiff and, you know, probably needs like four Russian ladies to massage him at the same time or something. But I don't know. Um, it wasn't a great matchup. I actually thought that Pulev might have nicked it, but I wasn't disappointed with, with, with Chisora getting one. I remember against Hellenius years back when I thought he won the I European was there for title. that. There yeah, for that? I was doing the Epics had the broadcast rights in the US and okay. he beat Hellenius. There you go. There you go. And I thought he be- maybe beat Dillian White the first time around. So I thought he deserves one. Like, give him one. And I think you're right. It's a continuing fight for him. I think Eddie Hearn mentioned, and I don't know how much you can believe into what Eddie Hearn says, that if he did lose, then there's a question to be asked about retirement. Um, but he would just go into another broadcaster anyway and continue <laughs> fighting. But I think it's important that he beat Pulev to then keep the same paycheck level. So next time around, he's probably going to get the same amount of money. How would you put into context his popularity? Like, what would you, 
what would you say about kind of the draw that he is still in the UK? What is what kind of fan base does he have? Not as big as it used to be. I mean, I kind of walked into the arena thinking, okay, is this going to do twelve to fourteen thousand in here? And I know that might not be an indication. I think it was eight or nine thousand. It wasn't the greatest undercard. Things started falling apart. So that was kind of my thinking. Okay, he's still popular, but the fact is he hadn't won in three years. So that you could only keep sort of flogging that horse. And I know it was Usyk and Parker he lost to, but you've still got to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's still there. But now you think there's only a couple of fights that they can make where it does do decent numbers for the zone or in a small arena. So it's not what it was four or five years ago, but it's still somewhat still. I mean, if you can sell 9,000 tickets, it's still pretty good. Yeah, it's I mean, even in the U.S., not many guys can sell 9,000 tickets. So yeah. it's, um, that, that's impressive and certainly keeps him going. What should his next fight be? Because he's out there calling for Deontay it's Wilder. Crazy. And that's – look, I, I, <laughs> catching Wilder at this stage might be more competitive than it would have been three years ago. But mm. I, I don't want to see Derek Chisora flat on his back, no. you know, after taking a massive right hand and from it Deontay would be Wilder. That. And that's, that was what it would be. Because he be. can't – he doesn't have the power at this point to stop. Yeah. Deontay Wilder, so he it doesn't just even be have the defensive abilities. No, no. And Deontay Wilder, I mean, you, you know, he telegraphs that right hand, but it still lands. He I mean, still lands. It can land on Fury, point. who's got you know the lateral movement. It can certainly land mm-hmm. on Chisora. I mean, for me, it's, it's probably Dillian White free. Yeah, is that like, still a marketable fight? Yeah, yeah, because they're both crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even if the, the the boxing ability won't sell it, the fact that the press conference will sell it and all the build up will sell it, those guys. I don't want to say hate each other, but there's a dislike when in a room with each other. Mm-hmm. You can sort of sense the energy. So that will still sell, especially because White's coming off that knockout defeat. So his stock's dropped a bit. Chisora's maybe stayed the same. So people will look at it as quite a competitive fight. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there was some talk about Hellenius, but it looks like Wilder might get that one. Yeah. Potentially Kalnaki. That would be a not – Hellenius, like not bad, because like Hellenius, that. even though he beat Kalnaski twice – He's kind of washed. Like yeah. he should be on the washed circuit. Like yes. the guys that are and there's no thirty being in that. No, because you can make some you money, make some competitive money in fights, camp. interesting yeah. fights, keep your career going for a little bit. Mm. Hellenius makes sense. Kovnaski, if he wins this fight um, mm. coming up on July 30th, that might make some sense yep. as well. He, he could. I mean, I don't know if Derek wants to fight in the U.S., but like there's in New York, mm. Kovnaski draws a huge crowd. Like yeah. the Polish the community Polish, comes right? out yeah. for him. But you could do that in the U.K. or anywhere else. Yeah, the po- for yeah, that Polish matter. in the U.K. Yeah, you could do a huge, yeah, huge number, and everybody can make yeah. a bunch of money. I think they that. wanted that fight. Yeah, I think they looked at that just because of what you said. I mean, Lawrence Okoli fought in February against a Polish guy whose name skips my mind now, mm. and it was 80% Polish in there. Mm. So I think Eddie Hearn's obviously smart. He probably looks at thinking Chisora brings the Brits. Kanaki can bring the Polish. It can do good numbers. Mm. So I think that fight makes sense. And then you maybe look at the loser of Ruiz Ortiz without being disrespectful to, to Chisora. I don't think he's going to get the winner. This is the wrong time, I guess, to retire as a heavyweight. Yeah. There's money out there. Yeah. You know, even sort of Joe Joyce, Bacoli type fights. There's always money on the table. Yeah. I, unless, I, I wouldn't want to see him with Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce might hurt no, him too. But like, yes. the, like the, the, but the older circuit, that makes, uh, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Mm. One more question about the UK scene. Um, Tyson Fury keeps talking about that he's done. He's yeah. like, every time he does an interview, it's like, I think the most recent one that I heard was him talking about, I've got lumps in the back of my head. Everybody wants me to keep fighting, keep doing this. Um, what's your take on Fury? Like, is this just bluster until we get through Joshua Usyk and then we see Fury back in the ring? Or do you get any sense there's real teeth to this, that Tyson Fury could really be done? No, no chance. He, he's certainly not done. I, I look at him, it's, there's almost two different people. I've, I've interviewed Tyson Fury so many times, and when you interview him, sort of away from the media and there's not much sort of cameras, I feel like you get a genuine, honest Tyson Fury that opens up about anything. 
once the cameras are on him, he's a WWE gimmick. He, he will say anything and lie. Like, honestly, if Tyson Fury said it was raining outside, I'd open the curtains to check. There'd be no belief from me whatsoever. Um, he will continue fighting just because he, as he says, he's a fighting man. That's what mm. he says. And now, finally, he's getting paid big, big money to fight. Uh, you think when he beat Vladimir Klitschko, he didn't get big money for that. Didn't get big money at all in the fights leading up to it. Now with the Wilder fights and Dillian White and potentially AJ Usyk. Like, there's no way if Anthony Joshua wins, and we'll probably get on to AJ, it's a big if, mm -hmm. there's no way he doesn't make sort of north of 75 million mm -hmm. for that fight. And it sells out Wembley Stadium, wherever, in seconds. There's no way he's not coming back for that. It's impossible. Usyk's a, another discussion. Maybe he just doesn't fancy the Usyk fight, but mm. AJ, someone that he's been sort of goading for years, someone that he thinks he can knock out easily, he'll take that fight. It's a massive, massive British fight. The biggest British fight of all time by far. Yeah, I, I, think he, can make. I think he'd be eager for AJ. I think he'd do Usyk as well because yeah. I don't think Usyk presents a... Usyk might beat him theoretically, but he's not the physical challenge. No. Like he's not gonna get beat up fighting Alexander Usyk. No, no, like no. he's gonna. No. It'll, be it'll be a clinical session. boxing match, That's a sparring it. session. Yeah. And look, if he loses, he loses. But he'd make forty million dollars, or whatever it would be, yeah. and it would be a paycheck. One win, he probably beats Usyk because he's just so much bigger and he's a skilled guy. And mm. I, I think he wins that fight at heavy. But I'm, we're on the same page. I don't think he's done. Even though every time he does an interview, mm. well, he does these interviews, and then he's posting. Instagram videos in the gym. Like, what are you still working yeah, out like yeah, five days a week for? You know, like, you know what you're doing. You're, you're um, I feel like it's almost a case of I am retired, and if you want me back, you're going to have to pay me so much money. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Um, but look, regardless, even if he just said he isn't retired, he'll still get paid a lot of money. And if you are retired, relinquish your WBC belt and let Joe Joyce fight Deontay Wilder for it. Mm -hmm. Let those two juggernauts get in the ring. So, yeah, he's certainly not retired. And I actually don't want him to retire. Mm -hmm. I think he's entertaining for the sport. Um, Boxing's in a good place, but it still doesn't have that many characters right now, mm. like it did in the 90s. And I think he's a character that the sport needs. He's fantastic. When he gets on the mic, he, there's not many boxers that can just go off on a tangent like he does. It, I think he's fantastic for the sport. So I want him around for a couple more years. That's the key, too. I mean, like... It, when he relinquishes that belt, mm. then we'll know he's retired. Yeah, like yeah, that's, that's what people are always like. That's why it. do you take him off a pound for pound list? Well, he's not retired. Nobody yeah. believes you're retired. Give up the belt, yeah. and then I'll believe you're actually retired. You know, um, as well, Chris. Sorry to cut across. I think when he fought Dillian White, because uh, when I spoke to him, I said, um, "Are you surprised that you've sold Wembley out in an hour, two yeah. hours? Like there was 150,000 people waiting for tickets, and I think it's done like 92,000." And he was like, "Yeah, I'm surprised." I never thought I could do this without Anthony Joshua. Mm -hmm. So I think the penny dropped where he thought, I actually am a star in the UK. Obviously, he's been fighting in the US for the last four years. So I think that opened his eyes to like, wow, wait a minute, we've made it. And I don't think you retire when you're on top like that. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Boxing, unfortunately, normally retires the boxers. Boxers don't retire from boxing. Yeah. No. You, so we're about a month away from Joshua against Usyk. What's your feeling on that fight right now? Like, what's your level of confidence that AJ can win, and what happens to him if he doesn't win? Fear, mm. if I'm honest with you. I'm a big AJ fan. Um, I, no, I, I want to say I know him personally, but when we meet each other, there's, mm. there's a conversation, a cup of tea, and I, I, I probably got two hats here. My AJ hat says I think AJ can, can do it, right? I mean, you know, AJ's probably the third best heavyweight. Usyk's the second. It's not that crazy to think the third can beat the second. Mm. Um, but having seen Usyk at the recent press conference in London, you just have a guy that have, is so confident, it's scary. He came in whistling, he done a little twirl before he sat down. And normally I'm like, ah, he's just faking it, he's a bit nervous. I looked in that man's eyes and there is no fear from him whatsoever. 
and now he's a big heavyweight. The, the, the size difference between him and AJ isn't as big as people think. This is not Fury Wilder or Fury Usyk. There's maybe a stone and a little bit. This isn't a David versus Goliath thing. This might just come down to a boxing match. And if it does, Usyk's obviously the better boxer, mm. like by far. And I don't know if Robert Garcia has enough time to kind of mentally get into AJ's head saying, look, you're a wrecker machine. You're a big 18 stone guy. Use some of that power. I don't know if it's enough time. Did I, you I agree know. with the addition of Robert Garcia? Do you think that was a prudent move? I thought so. I, I felt that maybe um, his time with Rob McCracken probably ended after the first Ruiz fight. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to make those difficult decisions. I mean, as a boxer getting a ring, you, you know, you're going to get hurt and forget friendships for a second. This is a dangerous sport. Um, I just think him with Robert Garcia should have been done earlier. I think AJ should be out in in California with Garcia in his that, own gym. I've discussed that many times. Like, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. like, I don't understand. Why like, are you staying? Why in, are you staying in Loughborough? He's in the U. And I'm like, do go, you want to, the go best? to Riverside and no be, one knows be, you in America. Nobody AJ. knows. Like, yeah, nobody no one knows. would. Don't think AJ's an NFL player. Hundred percent. The middle no linebacker for the Rams. That's it. Like that's no idea. <laughs> like, is that that? Nah. <laughs> that's it. He's not going to get bothered. You know, he can have the best Robert Garcia because look, you want the best version of Robert Garcia, and mm. that will be in his home gym. You know, he knows his bag, his gloves, his people, the smell. So I don't understand AJ flying him out. It doesn't make sense to me. And um, yeah, we'll see. Look, uh, could that be the reason he gets beat? No, ultimately it's just Usyk, but it's small percentages and that's a small percent. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated. But like in the hypothetically loses, what do you think happens to him? 32 years old, coming off three losses in the last five fights. That's a, that's a big number. That's a big number. It's a big number. Um, he probably goes from arenas to stadiums. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, sorry, from stadiums to arenas. Does his popularity wane considerably if he loses to Usyk? No, because his popularity is built up on casual boxing fans mm. that are in and out of the sport. I, I think the hardcores have already kind of dismissed him. Mm. Like, yeah, he's never going to beat Fury or Usyk. I think the, the casual fans don't actually quite understand what's going on. Mm. If I'm honest with you, they have no idea who this Usyk guy is. And... Um, he still does a huge amount of business. Like, again, at that press conference for him versus Usyk, I don't think I've ever seen as much media. Mm. And I was like, okay, AJ business is still big business. Mm. Um, obviously, DeZone will hope he wins. He signed this mega, was it, $100 million <laughs> a year. So they're hoping he wins. But I don't know, man. I think he still wants to be in the boxing game. Um, I just think mentally he needs to almost have that Rocky moment. Mm. <laughs> Where, you know, Apollo, remember Apollo Creed smashing up Rocky and he's like, hit back, hit back. And AJ needs to have someone just to tell him, whatever you're doing right now isn't working. Let's kind mm. of press the reset button. Do you get the sense, and you've known him for a long time, and I've always wondered this, does he love boxing? Like Tyson Fury loves boxing. Yeah. He grew up a fighting man, as he often yeah. says, since a young child birth. AJ, in a way, if I can make a U.S. comparison, reminds me a little bit of Mikey Garcia. Like he's... He was in boxing because he was really good at it, mm -hmm. and it just sort of escalated from there. Mikey never loved the sport, not yeah. certainly not as much as his brother does and yeah. other family members do. Like, the reason I wonder about AJ's future is, like, does he have the passion and the drive to rebuild after that, mm. to fight an Adam Kovnowski in, you know, and then fight a Robert Hellenius and these lower-tier guys to get him back to that level over the course of a year, year and a half? Good question. It is. Um, I think AJ came into the sport late, obviously. Um, he got success very early, mm -hmm. which can make you feel like it's easy, right? A world championship silver medal, Olympic gold medal. And that must make you think, wow, I've only been doing this three years and I've already got that success. And then he sort of dominated the British and European scene. And then he hit a couple of stumbling blocks. I think the first one was Dillian White. And, that, and I remember that fight. 
But Dillian White really hurt him in that fight. And maybe a better Dillian White or more experienced Dillian White would have got the job done. But then he kept on getting success. And I, I don't know whether or not he's hit that roadblock now. And it's like, damn, I'm not that good a boxer as these other guys. Mm. And can I add those boxing skills to my arsenal? And the simple answer is he probably can't. At 32, he's n he's n he can't get what Fury's got and get mm. what Usyk's got. Um, so ultimately, his legacy might come down to the fact he never beat those two. But I still think there is so much more work he can do mm. without those two. Um, I think AJ would love to fight the guys you just mentioned. I just wonder if Team AJ would. Mm. I, I don't know if they would look at those fights and think, it's not big enough fights. There's not enough money on the table. Everything comes down to money now with AJ. But I think AJ, the guy I know, loves his boxing, understands the history of the sport, and ultimately wants to get better. Um, I just feel like the people around him almost just hold him back a little bit. Mm. Really? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Like, I, I thought it was a perfect opportunity. Well, what was going on in Ukraine with Usyk? I thought there was a perfect opportunity to have a fight in February against someone. Mm -hmm. Get that confidence, get those cobwebs, knock someone out. Yep. Not trying to talk about a killer here, but no. just get someone within the top 20 and just have a fight. But the idea of making an AJ fight, almost a bit like a Canelo, isn't that easy. Yeah. Whereas AJ would have wanted to fight O2 Arena, 15,000 people. Someone's like, no, no, it's got to be the biggest thing in the world. It's mm. a good point, yeah. yeah and I mean, I you, you, like, you, yeah. They want to maximize his revenue every time when every maybe that's not time. in his best interest. You, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. I mean, even look at Canelo. I mean, there's still been an Anthony Yildirim in there mm. and a Rocky Fielding in there. Mm. You know, he didn't really have to. I mean, obviously, you understand why he took both of those fights, but there's been a couple of gimmies mm -hmm. and then there's been hard, hard fights and AJ could have happened a, a couple of gimmies in there, mm -hmm. but it's always difficult. The most money, difficult, the most money. And I just don't think that helps his progress. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'm just curious to see what happens. You know, hopefully he wins and he's able to avenge his loss for the second time. But he's been shaped by his experiences too. Like everybody keeps talking about how he has to go to war in this fight. I don't know yeah. if he has it in him because, yeah. like, you remember after the Klitschko fight, like, which was his signature moment, getting mm. off the deck and yeah. knocking out Vladimir Klitschko. He was like, I never want to do that again. I don't want to fight mm. like that. And then Ruiz just batters him, puts him down, and beats him up for four more rounds, whatever yeah. it was. And he fights a more tactical fight in the rematch. I don't know if he has brawler in him. In I don't a think fight he like does. This. I think everyone looks at him physically. Yeah. And assumes, oh, look at the size of him. Look at his muscles. And but do you think before the Klitschko fight, I think like he went to war with Dillian White to get him knock him out. He yeah. went and battled him. He you know go back to Povetkin. He went to war with him mm. to put him down. I think there was a mindset that changed in him after the Klitschko fight when he had when he got knocked down. And he's like, I don't want to do that again. I want to be more of a boxer than a than a brawler, and mm. that's fine. But against Usyk, you can't outbox him. He's not going to outbox Alexander Usyk. It's no, no, he's that. not. And I, I actually think it was the Ruiz fight that yeah. shocked him. Mm. Um, obviously, you've got this guy that. Let's be honest. I mean, you've got one that looks like sort of carved out of stone, and the other one doesn't. Yeah, Greek god yeah, versus yeah, Jello. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> and I think that surprised him. Like, okay, let, let's have a little war. With this kid, and I got beat up by that kid. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, we just haven't seen the sort of att attacking AJ. We didn't see it against Pulev at all if I'm honest with you um, we certainly didn't see it in the Ruiz second fight where I mean he had to lose he lost like a stone to, he was so focused on being a boxer against mm -hmm. Ruiz he came it was unrecognisable his physique in the ring um, we certainly didn't see it against Usyk I don't know if he's got what and I wish he could have what Deontay Wilder and Derek Chisora have where we're going to war mm -hmm. like Deontay Wilder I mean the way Deontay Wilder got beat up second time round against Fury there's no way on earth you should want the third fight yeah. Why, why would I want that again? Mm -hmm. He was like, let's go. I put a bit of muscle on, let's go. And he was a couple of seconds away from getting the win. I don't mm -hmm. think AJ has that in him. Mm -hmm. I don't think he, I just don't think, I think you've either got it or you haven't got it. And I don't think he has it. Um, but he's going to have to have it to go through Usyk. 
because this can't be a boxing match again. It's just not going to work. He's going to have to think that I'm going to get hurt, but I've got to somehow get mine to get, you know, I'm going to receive some, but I've got to be able to take some as well. Yeah, so we'll see. to your point, uh, this is not, Usyk is not Andy Ruiz. No. He's coming in in the best of shape. Jeez. He's going to be sharp. He's going to have a good game plan. He's going to be relaxed. He's going to be ready to go. He's You're fighting to, for his country. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? This, this, this has, there's a lot of red flags there's, around this fight. Honestly, that, it's, again, as an AJ fan, it's scary. Honestly, I look at him mm. and I just don't see any, I know some people have him as their pound for pound number one and I get I just don't see any weaknesses, obvious weaknesses with Usyk. No. He's such a good boxer. He, He's almost a bit, obviously, the Loma connection, you can understand, he's going through the gears in his head. Mm. Whereas, I don't know if AJ actually has that skill set. So, and he um, was a different fighter than the one that fought Derek Chisora in his yeah. previous fight. Like, yeah. he grew into a heavyweight yes. in that fight, which was the question I had coming in. Like, well, if he's the same guy that fought Chisora, well, AJ can get to him. Chisora almost got to him in the first few rounds. Like, yeah. he, was, he was chasing around the ring, then as typical Chisori, ran out of the gas yeah. in the second half of the fight. But if he had been able to maintain that pace, he might have given Usyk some problems there. And Great. that's why I think a lot of people thought AJ was going to win. Mm. But, but Usyk just was a changed man, and he's, he's not going to regress. Usyk nearly stopped AJ. Yeah. That fight goes on another... 12th round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it goes on another 30 seconds. I know people like to say, well, it didn't go on. But I said, if it did, yeah. there's a big problem there. Yeah. There's, there's a problem. And um, look, I think Robert Garcia is a, a fantastic trainer. His fight is only fight one way. I don't know, though. Forward. Like, who is running that corner? Like, is no Robert idea. Angel Fernandez? No I don't idea. know what's going like, on. If, if you want to get rid of everyone, get rid of everyone. Yes. The idea of keeping Angel Fernandez has been part of the downfall, if I'm honest with you. I, I don't understand the idea of keeping him on. And if I'm Robert Garcia... Who's a very I, different type of trainer than Robert this Garcia. This is it. Cuban kind of trained yeah. back in the day. And while if I'm Robert Garcia, I'm thinking, it's not my team. You want me. If, you, if, you're, if you're hiring me, you're hiring the whole team. Mm-hmm. You can't just hire me and then... You're bringing my son in. You're bringing in the, the, the family it members makes no there. Sense. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. So, and when I asked AJ about this, I was like, you know, obviously it must have been a difficult decision to get rid of Rob. It's like, you know what? Rob can come back whenever he wants. And I was like, what do you mean? And man, I was like, honestly, what do you mean he can come back? when is, is, he, is he fired or not? I don't understand. <laughs> Are you still asking him for advice? I, I don't get it. Um, and, and another thing AJ does as well, which I'm not a fan of, he, he goes to his um, amateur setup. Um, Finchley Boxing Club, mm. and he gets a bit of information from that trainer as well. And then he goes to, at the time, he used to go to Rob McCracken in Sheffield. So it's almost like you're hearing from that trainer, then Rob McCracken, then Angel Fernandez. Mm-hmm. There's just too many cooks in the kitchen. It, it, look, it's not the same thing, but I vividly remember being in Saudi Arabia for the Ruiz rematch. And the night before the fight, and in, in these settings, you know, you can... Fighters walk around. There's only like a handful of people there. Yeah. Like, there's not the huge crowd. So I cross AJ in the courtyard. He's walking there. And he's like, hey, man. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, he's like, let me ask something. How do you think I should fight this guy tomorrow? Oh, no. He's asking me. Yeah. I think so. Now, nah, he probably just dismissed whatever I said to yeah, him. Because I probably but, fumbled over it anyway, thinking, like, what the hell is he asking me? Asking. But, like, he's asking the question. He's still seeking information yeah. a day, 24, 36 hours before the fight happened, which is kind of wild. He did that on the wild. to Usyk. I mean, he got on the, the apron, and he asked... Um, uh, I can't remember it was. I think it's Clifford Mitchell. I think. I'm, mm. I'm, apologies if I've got his name correct. And he's asking him advice <laughs> on the apron, and I'm like, yeah, there's too much going on. I think Tony Bellew said mentally, AJ needs to kind of just. That's where he's struggling right now. Mm. And I think you've kind of just alluded it to there. I think there's a lot going on between the ears mm-hmm. and the eyes that he needs to sort out. Yeah, no question. All right, we are here in Los Angeles for Ryan Garcia against Javier Fortuna. Uh, Ryan kind of sees this fight as a restart to his career. Mm. He 
it was a year ago. He was scheduled to face Fortuna. Yep. He had to back out due to some mental health issues. He had missed some more time with a hand injury. Came back just a couple of months ago in April, faced Emmanuel Tego, went the 12-round distance uh, for a first time. Let's go back to that fight against Tego. Uh, what were your takeaways from Garcia versus Tego? I always almost give him a pass just because, again, a long time out of the ring, well, since Luke Campbell, that's a long, long mm-hmm. time. That's a ridiculously long time. New trainer set up. And I always feel like it takes, it must take four or five camps to get in sync with your trainer where you can almost still see him trying to do stuff that he's learned with Reynoso and also trying to do stuff now that Goosen showed him. Mm-hmm. So you almost see that he's in two different minds as to what to do. And then you have an opponent in Tego that didn't really come to win. Didn't come to win. I mean, he came all. for a paycheck and, and that was it. And then Talked a big game and then <laughs> ran around the game. ring. Ran yeah. around the ring. And, you know, if you're Ryan, you just look for positives. And the positives are, okay, I went the distance for the first time. Went 12 rounds for the first time. The gas tank looked like it was okay. I didn't get hurt. The hand injuries are fine. And we move on. Um, but ultimately, expectations for Ryan are so big that that's just not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, when your peers going to Australia and fighting for Undisputeds and Teofima Lopez, sorry, had that fight with Loma and Javante's doing what he does. You can't go 12 with Emmanuel Tego. Mm-hmm. It looks bad on you. That's why he needs a very, very solid performance against Fortuna. Or he just slips behind what was supposedly the four kings. He slips behind them. So mm-hmm. he needs a good performance. Yeah, I-, I give him a pass to for that first fight. Off for 15 months. Wow. Coming off a hand injury with a new trainer in your corner, a new voice. You're not going to be at... No. Your absolute best. I was talking to Joe Goosen this week. He said one of the things you got to remember about that last fight is that, look, the hand was healthy, but the left hand, but he didn't have the same level of confidence in going into that fight as he does now. Like, he mm. was still like, all right, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And then he starts throwing, and it's fine. He's like, you're going to see that left hand be much more of, of a factor in this fight. And I think Fortuna, look, is a tricky fighter. He's a southpaw, but... He's going to come to fight, presumably. 100%. And if he's coming in, and Fortuna has a tendency, and Sergio Moore brought this up in one of our conversations, Fortuna is vulnerable in exchanges, and that's where Ryan thrives. If you yeah. come into him and try to exchange a little bit, he's so quick and he's so powerful, he's going to catch you at some point. So that's how I kind of see how this fight going. Fortuna might have some moments, mm. but Ryan, you know, th- this is a guy that Ryan should be able to stop, and will have plenty of opportunities, I think, over these rounds to stop him. Yeah, and that'll be a statement in stopping Fortuna. I mean, look at Fortuna's losses. I think Sosa stopped him. Yeah. I think that's the only one, so it'll be a statement. I I know some people still look at him as the much smaller guy, because we'll see it at the way, and he physically is a lot smaller. Um, Ryan's, I don't know how long Ryan can stay 135 pounds for. He's like he's getting bigger and bigger every single day. But I want his punch punch output to be a lot better. It wasn't against Tago, Mm. and that could be because of the hand injuries, as you said, so maybe a bit cautious to throw the jab, but... um, Ryan just needs to look like the Ryan against Luke Campbell, minus the knockdown, mm. where he was fast, Did you think at, in that Campbell fight, did you think we were looking at a star yeah. after he beat Campbell? 100%. Yeah. Because Luke Campbell, I, I like Luke Campbell. Very good fighter. Very, yeah. very good fighter. You watch his fights against Loma, Linares, which arguably might have got the W in that one. Olympic gold medalist, he can fight. Yeah. He's, he was a big, big lightweight as well, southpaw. So he came with his own problems. And for Ryan to get up off the canvas and stop him, that's a statement win that mm-hmm. then should take you to those Devin Haney, Tiafima Lopez conversations. And the fact that we've almost hit the pause button since then mm. is disappointing. But he's only, what, 23, 24, Ryan? Yeah. He's a baby, yeah. really. But boxing fans don't care about that. No. You're in a hot division, and they want to see you in big, big fights. So, so not to overlook Fortuna because mm-hmm. it's a tough fight, and 
Ryan's going to have to look good to keep pace with all the guys we talk about. But in the immediate aftermath of this fight, if Ryan wins, we'll be talking about Ryan Garcia against Tank Davis. That is the biggest fight, with all due respect to the title holders at 135, but the biggest fight at lightweight. And I'd make an argument it's a top five fight in boxing right now. Yeah, yeah. Two young, powerful, marketable Mm. uh, guys – uh, they would do a five to ten, maybe more million dollar gate in mm-hmm. the U.S. Yep. They do north of five hundred thousand pay per views. The revenue would be huge. The question is going to be: Is Ryan ready for that fight? Putting the politics of making that fight aside, which are troublesome in and of themselves, but does Ryan need to show something for you in this fight to make you believe he's ready, or because of Luke Campbell, do you already think he is ready? Good question. Um, he needs to show me something. He needs to. I know he's got what, 18 knockouts from his 22 wins, so we know the power's there. But, I mean, let's be honest, sort of 14 of those knockouts you can just throw away because you're fighting guys that you're supposed to knock out. Um, I don't know, man. You look at Tank, and as much as, as much as Tank's got this sort of killer punch, he, he can get touched. Mm. He gets touched a lot, Tank. I mean, if, if Rolando Romero can hit you, Ryan Garcia can hit you. Um, you know, every fight he's had, Barrios, Leo Santa Cruz, they've all been able to hit him. And do they hit as hard as Ryan Garcia? Are they as fast as Ryan Garcia? Um, I guess we'll find out. Regardless of whether Ryan's ready or not, I just want to see the fight. Mm. I mean, they're polar opposites. It will sell so well. Um, Fingers crossed that Floyd is still part of that team because then you get the Floyd-Oscar situation, Mm. and that only helps in terms of revenue. I think it's a fight we need to see, but you know the broadcast situation as well as I do. I mean, they're never going to let tank on the zone the only way it does happen is if ryan goes over well i see i see i had steven espinoza on the podcast recently and like look tank versus ryan's a pay-per-view yeah you can do joint pay-per-views you think it's it's been done before like there's a blueprint for it in the u.s the argument steven espinoza has is that well it's not at the level level of pacquiao mayweather where we wanted to involve or had to involve hbo it's not the level of Mayweather-McGregor where we had to involve the UFC. Why does it like, need to be? I, that's what I said to him. Like, I said, well, what, tell me what the threshold is yeah. for what's it the to number? be on that. Like, what's the, what's like the that is 500000 is real revenue. That's you know, the massive is, money. I, I think Floyd coming up caused this issue where everyone thinks a million is that sort of threshold. It's not. Nobody does a million. Floyd Canelo's not doing a million no, anymore. No one does a million. You're, you're correct. Like, so oh, Canelo Glock is probably going to do a million. But that's, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's 100%, that. by yeah. the way. So forget that figure. That is, so 500,000 is now th- the a million that Oscar and Floyd used to do. That's, mm. that's the number. And it does that number. Mm. It does it. Um, again, like, if, if Ryan looks good in this fight, and I'm expecting him to, and if Ryan gets a stoppage, he'll call out Tank. I'd love Tank to be here. Probably won't be here. It's a fight that can be sold and made easily. Yeah. It's the one they both want. Everyone seems to want it. Yeah. So I don't understand the problem. Um, you just wonder if there's enough money in the pot for both. Tank's going to want big money. Yep. Ryan's going to want big money. Is there enough money for everyone to get paid and all the networks to kind of enjoy as well? That's the only question, but it's a serious fight. There should be enough money because if you turn around and don't make that fight, yep. where do these guys go? Like, there's nobody at 130 or 135 or even 140 that Tank would fight on the PBC side of the street. For Ryan Garcia, I've heard some chatter about Jojo Diaz before the end of the year. Mm. That's not a bad fight, not a bad you know, fight. at 135. And Jojo's a, a tough guy who's probably not going to get knocked out, so you're mm-hmm. going to have a kind of a war mm-hmm. between two guys that don't really like each other. At least Jojo doesn't really like Ryan, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, like, that's okay, but it's not the marketable fight that mm-hmm. you're looking for. And, uh, like, 
Yeah, see, I don't know about you, but I put it on the fighters. Like, I always say, Ryan, and Ryan's been saying this, like, I'm not going to let Golden Boy stand in my way of making that fight happen. I don't hear the same things from Tank. Mm -hmm. I don't hear, you know, we don't the hear, promotions, we don't go make that fight. Nothing. No, go uh, make that. Uh, yeah, like, Leonard Ellaby's, he's fucking, sorry, apologies. Can you swear on your... No, you can swear. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you. Is his mouthpiece. Like, I want to hear Tank talk. Yeah. I want to hear Tank say, because I mean, look, Tank tweets. I don't even know if he's controlling his Twitter. I he no tweets idea. and then he deletes, yeah, so, which so is great. He's actually a master that at that because him. he knows. At least, at least we know it's him. And he knows that tweet's going to be still out there. Oh, yeah, screen well, grab and repurpose. Repur yeah. Like Tank would want to take Ryan's head off. Yeah. You know, um, and Ryan thinks, again, you've got the, you know, don't want to label Tank this guy, but you've got the street guy. Yeah. You know, the guy that's grew up from that route and you've got Tank. So you've got Ryan, who's like the, the pretty boy Instagram guy. Yeah. It's. It's a perfect sell. Two of the biggest fan bases in yeah. boxing. Different fan bases. Could not be any way. more different. Yeah. Could not be any more different in boxing. Yeah, yeah so that's yeah. a fight. Um, Ryan needs a big one. Yeah. Ryan, like, again, like, Teofimo Lopez had the Loma fight. Um, that was a big one. Mm -hmm. Devin Haney's had the Combosos fight. That was a big one. Tanks had big fights. I mean, Pedraza was a big fight. Yep. You know, I think that. Pedraza was his one signature win. 100%. That was a win. Yeah. And when you look at how Pedraza and Loma went, kind of give Tank a mm -hmm. lot more respect for that win. Ryan's not had one yet. Luke, yes, but he needs another one. But you think, I, I always say that I think Luke was a bigger win than Pedraza. Like, Luke, I think, Ooh. was better. The Pedraza's thing, good. The only thing, I think, because Luke retired after. Yeah. So it makes you kind of feel like, okay, he was on the way out. Yeah. There wasn't much left. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a name, yeah, Luke's bigger than Pedraza, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, they were, they were comparable type. They both have one quality win on their resume. They need each other. Mm -hmm. And, like, we talked a bit about the weight of Ryan. He's going to be gone from 135 soon. Very I don't think soon. Tank's fighting at 140. He might be at 147 within two or three years. Yeah. You know, because agreed. he's a big, tall guy, yeah, and 100%. he's going to grow into that body. So yeah. it's probably it, this now year. Or never. Now or never. It's at now this or point. never. Um, who, who, can you say who wins? Who do you think wins? Are you allowed to say I, that? Oh, yeah. I think Tank. I think Ryan wins. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I think Ryan gets, this is kind of part of the same conversation. I think he gets too much disrespect. Like, mm. he kind of gets this whole, like, you're an Instagram guy. Like, yeah. you're not a real boxer. Guy can crack. Yeah, He's I got the fastest that. left hook outside of Canelo in boxing. It's just nonsense, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is like, cartoonishly fast. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, he goes in there and fights. Yeah. So even if he has an Instagram, which everyone would be jealous of because it's got like 5 million followers, sure. he has to go in and fight. Yeah. So he has to go in and back it up. Yeah. You know, he's not on the outside just posting Instagrams and never getting in the ring. He fights. Yeah. And Luke, and look, Luke went, how many rounds? Luke went the distance with Loma, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he went in with a tough guy and like there were a couple of occasions before Ryan stopped him that I thought he, Luke was going to look like he was. Remember that moment? I think it was like fifth round where he was turned around. He was, mm. if there were probably 10 more seconds there, Ryan would have been able to pick up a stoppage in that round. So yeah. like that was a, a big time win uh, for Ryan. He's got real power, man. He yeah, is, no, Ryan, Ryan's got power. He, he can hurt you, and he's he's got some meanness to him too in the ring. Yeah. Where did you see when he was hitting this heavy bag recently? He posted on Instagram, I think, mm. and he was doing something with his right hand that kind of was like I, I don't know. If, he's trying to almost learn that Golovkin punch on the top yeah. of the forehead. Or, yeah. But he's obviously been practicing some stuff with Goosen. So I want to see a, a better Ryan. Yeah. Um, I want to see more. More foot movement. We know his hands are fast. Yeah. And he, he's quite good with his head, but I want to see his feet move a bit more. But I'm just picking out small things here. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's a very, very good boxer. You're yeah. talking about a top top four, top five lightweight. Yeah. Um, I just want to see him have those big fights and then move up to 140 and chase those as well. Yeah. Because no he will go through the weight classes. And they're all going to go through, apart from Javante, whose frame just doesn't allow him to get up there. Mm. Shakur's going to go up there. Devin's going to go up there. These guys should be fighting three or four times against each other when the careers are done. Absolutely. Whether it's at 135 he should, or 140 should fight Devin Haney at yeah. some point. Regis Progra I want to see in some of these oh. big fights before his career's over. I Nobody will fight that guy. Yeah. Well, well, honestly, I, I don't think there's a boxer out there I feel sorry for more than no. Regis Progre. Like, he's probably thinking, what's going on? No. I 
probably beat Josh Taylor in the UK. If that's in America, yeah. I get the decision. And I've just been forgotten about Yeah, it. Can't get a fight for love nor money. Yeah. Nobody will touch him. No. Like, Mikey Garcia wouldn't fight him. Then he up and retired. Mm. Now, even, like, the sanctioning bodies are kind of screwing them. Yeah. Like, he won't even get in, in that world title picture. Crazy. Despite the fact he's only got that uh, that loss there. So, yeah. you know, whatever. All right, I want to finish with uh, one thing. We apologize for the vacuum cleaning. Going, we're in the, <laughs> yeah. we're in the press conference room <laughs> where Ryan Garcia and Javier Fortuna will be in a few hours, and they're cleaning it up uh, mid-podcast. But um, Jake Paul. Yes. What's your take on Jake Paul and what he does for boxing? What, what, I, what is, I, what is I your like take it. On? Yeah. I'm sold now. I have to be honest. Before, when he, when he came through, I remember when he fought um, KSI's younger brother, Deji. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this crap? Like, what, what is this? <laughs> and... I think people who continually ask for him to fight a boxer have to understand that he isn't a boxer himself. You know, this guy was, a, you know, was a YouTube guy that has now actually started to really learn the sport of boxing, and you can see it with the level of opponents. They've in, they've gone better all the time. Nate Robinson to Tyron Woodley to now Hasim Rachman Jr. Now I get that he's asked Hasim Rachman to come down in weight and you know the rehydration. Which, by the clauses. way, like people get up in arms, but. Everybody, every A side does, does it. it. Everyone every does A side it. does it. Yeah, and what rehydration clauses? We, you don't think fighters do that as well? Floyd did it. Canelo does it. <laughs> you know, they all do so, it. So what's the problem? If AJ wasn't a heavyweight, he'd do He'll it. He'll do it. <laughs> he would do every it. Every single A side takes advantage of the B side. It's just mm -hmm. how it works in boxing. But the fact he's fighting a guy that had over hundred amateur fights, who's twelve and one, I believe, comes from boxing stock, is way better than Tommy Fury. Look, this isn't a conversation of how good Hasim Rachman is. This is the case of he's actually fighting a boxer mm -hmm. now. Not someone that kind of, you know, goes in and out of the sport. Someone actually as this is their profession. So I've got to give him respect. And I also love the way he calls out, you know, the Eddie Hearns of the world and Dana White. I love it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when someone can speak that freely because, you know, you, know, you can't be canceled or fired, I can appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. He's putting himself, look, the Rockman Jr. fight. Jeez. I was, and, and I talked to Jake for this podcast. It's coming up next. But the, when he was next to Rockman at that press conference <laughs> in New York, I'm like, holy shit. That's a big weight difference. And I know yeah. Rockman's got to lose, yeah. and something's going to come out of him losing all of that course. weight. He can say, I fought that way in the amateurs. He was 224 in his last fight like three months ago. Mm. So, and you're not going to tell him he's been in the gym the whole time. No, no, you no. Know, cutting down to yeah. that weight. So he, he's going to have to you know, drain himself. But he's going to be the bigger man in the ring. Yeah. And he's going to be the real boxer it's in real the boxer. ring. Like, you know, it, that fight he got knocked out in by uh, Tommy Morrison's kid. Like he was winning that fight yeah. up until that point, mm. so he was he wasn't outclassed. He just got caught and he got knocked out, and that's the way it goes. So this is the kind of fight where I can see Jake if he's not able to knock Rockman out, he might lose a wide decision because he, Rockman's he the better boxer. Hundred amateur fights get outboxed. Yeah, like Rockman could show him looks that he's never seen before. Mm. Like yo, whoa, what did he do there? Like that, that double jab. Where's that come from? Mm. So this is a big big leap for Jake, and like, I. I I give him respect. I was listening to an interview he did with Ariel Hawani, and he was like, um, if Rackman doesn't take the fight, no one else is going to take the fight because we're not going to give someone three or four weeks to... It's not right. And I'm like, geez. I'll tell you now, professional boxers wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I respect Jake. I do. And look, you speak to Serrano and ask her about the respect she has for Jake Paul mm -hmm. and the money she was making before Jake Paul and the money she's making now. Right. And so what he's done... Again, this guy three years ago was, quote unquote, a nobody in the boxing world. He just co-promoted the biggest female fight of all time. Yeah. Like, how? Is that like, what is this? How, what's going on? Mm -hmm. So I give him a lot of respect. And I think um, the boxing public, I know they're quite savage, as you know very well. Oh, yes. The UK ones. Oh, yes. I think they've... Shout uh, out to my friends. Shout right out there. to the UK fans yeah. that love Chris. I think they've even started giving him some respect as well. 
You have to. You have because, to. And I have this fight with Sergio all the time. Oh, like, yeah, Sergio. You oh, yeah. were not fighting great fighters in your sixth professional fight. Tony Bellew, I throw it out. I looked, you know, I looked at his receipts. He fought a guy I think was 15 and 39 or something <laughs> yeah. like that in his sixth professional fight. Yes, nominally a yeah. real boxer, but not a threat to beat you. Certainly not the threat. Like Jake Paul, I think the Vegas odds have Jake as a slight favorite right really? now. Really? That's going to go down, though. That's going to come yeah. down when they get close. I think once they fight. saw the post, sorry, the press conference and they saw the size difference, mm -hmm. and not only that, but Hassim Ratman was in shape. Yep. It wasn't like he was a bit out of, you know, it wasn't like, you know, carrying a bit of extra weight around the belly. He didn't look like his dad at that no. moment. No, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. You said yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. He looked massive. I was like, is that a photo? Is that a camera angle? Mm -hmm. Or is he really that much bigger? Mm -hmm. And he's a lot bigger. He's a lot bigger. Yeah. And, and I think those odds are going to be close to even come fight night. And I defy any. Picked it up there, Adam, at the 12 minute mark. Talk to my producer. Three, two, one. I defy any. No, any top-level boxer mm. to tell me they were going to pick them fight in their sixth professional fight. It Lying. never happens. You, it it takes you 20 are, fights to get to that Unless you're a Loma point. or, you know, maybe a Katie Taylor where, you know, obviously not that much depth in female boxing. There is no one. No one. And again, bring up your records. Let me see. You're not fighting a 12-1 and one guy mm. in your sixth fight. It's just, it's just not... Not until your 20th fight mm -hmm. are you fighting someone with a winning record sometimes, let alone someone that's 12 and 1. And there'll be some people listening to this, Chris, saying, yeah, but who did Hassim Ruckman fight? It doesn't matter. He's a boxer. He's a boxer. He's he had 100 fighting. amateur fights. <laughs> what we, yeah, what are we trying to find holes in Jake Paul's? Jake had one against KSI's brother. brother. <laughs> that was considered an amateur that was considered fight. Amateur. It, no, honestly, what he's doing is incredible. Um, and he seems to, like, really want this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy. Let's say he were to beat Hasim Rachman. Let's mm -hmm. say he were to honestly stop Hasim Rachman. What's he doing next? Sergio. Sergio wants it? Yes. Sergio wants it, and I, I brought this up to Jake. Is Sergio a big enough name? Is he a big enough name? Sir, here's the thing with, with Sergio, right? Like, <laughs> Sorry, Sergio. Not, not, only, not only would he take the fight, <laughs> not only would he be a fight that Jake could win because... <laughs> no, because Sergio is, is a... Sergio's a 160, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he probably walks around. He eats like shit, but he walks around at like 170. Agreed. So, there's nothing of him. Yeah. So he would have to come up to like 190 and eat his way up to that weight class to fight Jake. His knees are shot. He drinks too much. He's out of control. So, so he could. And plus, more importantly, like Sergio would talk shit for two months. He would spend two months. He would sell the fight. Would Jake take it? So, I, I guess this brings me to the question of Tommy Fury. Like, I, th I think the Tommy Fury fight eventually will get rescheduled. Yeah. I don't know what Tommy's deal is. Like, you know, you hear a bunch of things about why he can't get into the U.S. I'm, I'm, I'm done from the Tommy Fury bandwagon. He's, he's not. The, fall, the fight's fought off twice because of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Twice because of you. Like, nothing to do with Jake here. Nothing. Whatever the reasons are, and you can't You get can't into call the Jake a coward. You, you can't, can't do any of that. You, you, you backed you know out I mean? with a, a, an injury, you said it was. Now you can't get into the U.S. And from what I understand, I didn't really make much of an effort to get into the yeah. U.S. Nah, yeah, US either. So, um, I think the risk in fighting Jake's a serious one. Yeah. Like if you lose. Oh, you're embarrassed. You, yeah, over. especially if you are these influencer type guys, you're done. Yeah. You, you are done if you lose to him. Yeah. Like, I don't. Is Tyron Woodley still around? I like, is he still. You're done. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Tony Bellew, I think, would that would be more fair than Mora. Bellew would destroy him, by the way. Bellew would not. Probably. Out that's Jake. why it's not. Like, that's see, that's why I don't want to yeah. see it. Okay, like okay. Bellew is like a, you know, he came down to cruise way up that last yeah, fight, yeah. but he's a heavyweight at this point. And I've seen him hit pads recently. Sharp. As no, 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 no. I don't want to see that. I want to no, see. No, no, no. You need to be in. <laughs> you need to be in the ring yeah. with a guy with no knees yes, who wears yes. kinesio tape all over his body <laughs> who couldn't knock out a. A fly if it was in front of him, yeah, yeah. Sergio Mora. Like, 
He won if and especially if the fights in the U.S. Sergio's still a known commodity in the U.S. He's yeah. on the damn contender. I, I go, I walk around L.A. with him all the time. He's People known. take pictures with him constantly. Yeah. So I think that'd be fun. Jake I, did say he's struggling for opponents. Obviously, he's got a certain type of opponent he wants. Yeah. Conor McGregor, Jake Paul. What do you think of that? Um, no, <laughs> for Conor, honestly, not not now. Like I was watching sort of Conor. You know, when you get bored and you go down YouTube rabbit hole, when you think of Conor four, four or five years ago when he was at his absolute peak, or just his body, his performance. You didn't see sort of him on Instagram drinking every single day. He's on the way out. In fact, he's already out. Uh, Jake Paul's bigger, younger, stronger, fresher. Not better, mm. but the other four or five things I mentioned, I think equalize the fact that Conor McGregor's probably a better fighter than him. So if I'm Conor, I, I avoid that one at all costs. Mm. Like Conor cannot avoid, he cannot want to get face planted like Tyron Woodley did. It will ruin everything that Conor's going to yeah. build up. So if I'm Conor, there's not enough money in the world that would make me want to have a Jake Paul fight. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, although I don't know what Conor does at this point. Like, he goes back into MMA, pretty good chance he gets beat again there. Yeah. And it wouldn't diminish his legacy because he had a great run in MMA. But like, yeah, he doesn't Jake, have to do anything. Chris. Not really have to do anything. You're right. the thing keep selling whiskey. That's yeah, all just keep selling whiskey. I mean, how much has that made him? Hundreds of millions. Oh, got to be millions. You know, and yeah. he can attach his name to any brand and it will still make loads of money. So... Apart from a Floyd exhibition fight, which won't do great numbers, no, like it did the before. rematch, the rematch wouldn't matter that doesn't much matter. anymore. That doesn't, doesn't do the anything. The first one was so, look, from a, a boxing purist, it wasn't the, a, a great thing, but just the whole build-up was fantastic. Yeah, it ain't gonna do that again. No, so if I'm Connor, again. just sit on my Lamborghini yacht and my five castles I've got in Ireland and just enjoy life. <laughs> Guys like that though, they can't, they can't they let can't. it go. Like they can't they, let it go. That's the problem. The competitive juice still kind of flows. All the way through. All right, two things I want to hit you with before I let you go. Yeah. Um, Amanda Serrano is on the undercard uh, of that fight. I did an interview with Amanda uh, this week. It wasn't very good because mm. she didn't really want to talk about Katie Taylor mm. and what happened in that fight. She didn't want to really answer something that Eddie Hearn said where he said that he was basically told that no matter how, it wouldn't matter how much money was put on the table, Amanda didn't want to take the rematch with Katie right away. Um, you know, during the interview, her trainer, Jordan Maldonado, got a little bit upset at some of the questioning that mm -hmm. we were having there. Um, look, I get Amanda wants to defend her title. She wants to be undisputed at 126, but she's probably making a fraction of the money in yeah. this next fight. I mean, I don't, do you under, do you, what do you think about her, of the Taylor Serrano not being an immediate crazy. rematch? Yeah. Honestly, crazy. I, I was lucky enough to be at MSG for it, and I, I don't want to separate male and female boxing, just in terms of boxing. It was one of the greatest events I've ever covered mm. or just been witness to watch. Like when you had, um, and I was speaking to Ak from Ak and Brack and Ak was like, you know, the Puerto Ricans are going to drown out the Irish. I was like, you <laughs> have maybe not seen what happens when the Irish turn up. Yes. It was and drink. outstanding. <laughs> it, yeah, and drink, right? <laughs> and drink the place dry. It was outstanding. The fight delivered in all aspects. How you don't run that back straight away, I have no idea. Um, I, and I get that she wants to defend her belts at what, 126 pounds. And this is no disrespect to who she's fighting and those belts. No one cares. Mm. No one. Ca we just want to see the Katie Taylor fight. We want those historical fights of female boxing. And the idea of her sort of not wanting it immediately. And I don't know if that's her or a team or Jake or management. I'm not quite sure, but it should happen. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the only problem is everyone wants a bit more money. Mm. And for them to get more money, it probably has to go to Croke Park where you can do more on the gate. I wouldn't want that because I think it deserves to be at MSG again. Yeah where it gets a fair split of fan bases. So maybe that's a stumbling block, but Amanda Serrano needs to be fighting Katie Taylor next. Yeah, there should be enough money for it to happen. Yeah, how greedy like, are we being? Be, like, what, what do we want? You're just not making... Like, we're, uh, Katie's probably making 
Katie's going to make money no matter who she yeah. faces, yeah. one way or the other. Amanda's yeah. not going to make that type of money yeah. unless she fights a Katie Taylor. What do you think of Katie Taylor against Chris Cyborg? That seems to be the fight mm. that people are talking about before the end of the year. You know, my, my, my problem with that fight is that there are too many options for Katie at 135, 140, uh, and maybe even guys coming up, girls, sorry, coming up from 130 that are good fights. Yeah. If there are no options out there, then Cyborg makes sense. Cause yeah, but I want to get, I want her to get a gimme. Like, give you her a gimme. gimme. Give her yeah, a gimme. Like, Cyborg, will, a gimme. Cyborg like, will be a gimme, by the way. She's a gimme. For yeah, those people like, that are thinking she's got a chance, and then this the, is boxing. It's the MMA crowd. It's the they MMA all think crowd. that she can win. It's the same You're crowd crazy. that thinks that Conor McGregor would beat Floyd Mayweather. It's, it's crazy. Group. It's crazy. Like, uh, Cyborg just swings. Like, uh, like it almost be in slow motion as Katie see those punches coming. Yeah. And she would tune up Cyborg convincing him. I yeah. not stop her because Cyborg's tough, but she'll destroy her. But that's a big Vegas fight. So I think they want to take it. I don't think they yeah. want to take it to Vegas because yeah. Katie, I don't think she's fought there. Um, and it would be a big event. Best ever in MMA. Best mm. ever, arguably, in boxing. You could sell that sell and it. it would be an easy paycheck and I, you for you know, Katie I'm Taylor. a big Cyborg fan for what she's done for female MMA. So I want her to get that paycheck. Yeah. I want her to get it. She, you know, she didn't get the Ronda Rousey fight. She got the Amanda Nunes fight and lost. She isn't making any money where she is relatively mm -hmm. compared to some of the female boxers. So I want her to have a big paycheck. Yeah. She deserves it. So, yeah, maybe as a fun fight, yeah. it'll, be, it'll make more sense. But, I mean, there's the winner of Baumgartner versus Maya. They could come up and fight. Yeah, Chantel do, do Cameron. That, do that after the Serrano <laughs> rematch. Like, like, do that. Like, let's get Katie. Like, I'm on team. Like, get Katie an easy paycheck. And then go into the Amanda Serrano fight in April, May mm. of 2023. And then see what happens. Like, let's see. Let's yeah, see Michaela Mayer. Michaela Mayer can go out and get that fourth title at 130. Become undisputed there. You yeah. Un undisputed versus undisputed at, at that sense. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're right. There's and she does deserve an easy run, Katie. She's had some. Everything's a war with her. Oh, like, my God. Everything's a war. Sometimes she makes it a war. But, yeah. like, everything's a war with her. So. And, you know. I you interview her and you are concerned. I'm concerned because I'm a fan of hers. And it's like, okay, let's slow down a bit now. Yeah. Because these are these are tough fights. I mean, Tony Bell, you told me after, said she should retire. Like, all right. Yeah, to yeah. Tony's like, of everyone. Yeah. Everyone that Tony knows, even <laughs> he if he knows you're retire. a little bit, just retire. <laughs> stop now. Stop everyone. <laughs> he wouldn't stop, but everyone should stop. <laughs> everyone but, else should just But maybe, I understand what he means, though. In terms of a fight to go out on, yeah. it doesn't get much bigger than MSG yeah. against Amanda Serrano. Yeah. You know? I think you'd need some decisive. Like, that was a close fight. And Very close. Look, I think she, I, I was fine with her winning that fight. Um, but, you know, Amanda Serrano's fans will say she won the fight. I think she needs one more go at it to see what yeah, happens there. We want to see it desperately again. And, and Amanda does as well. Yeah. Amanda knows the difference between the paycheck she's going to get from Katie to what she's going to get in a few weeks' time, yeah. it's, it's, it completely, it's night and day. Seven figures versus low six. Like, that's kind of yeah, the low way six. it goes yeah. at this point. All right, last thing for you. Um, Connor Ben Ooh. versus Chris Eubank. Jesus. I'll be honest. In the U.S., it's kind of like, all right, I guess maybe oh, I'll watch that. In, me, in that the does. U.K., a little bit different. Right? How big a fight is that in the U.K.? Enormous. Yeah. Enormous. Um, the only fight that could eclipse it in the U.K. is Fury AJ. Wow. That's the only fight that could eclipse it. And that's just because of their dads. Sort of 90s boxing in Britain was probably the biggest it's ever been. It was on terrestrial TV. You could watch it for free. And the two biggest names were Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank. Mm -hmm. Like they hated each other. Genuine animosity. I think with boxing fans nowadays, you don't know if the guys really hate each other or they're just sort of giving each other high fives behind the screens. Chris Eubank and Nigel Ben hated each other. <laughs> and no one ever believed that their sons would fight. Like it's, it's dream world. Like, and the thing is, their sons are exactly like them. Got Chris Eubank uh, Jr. is very Marmite. Fans either love him or hate him, but you're going to tune in because you, regardless. And uh, Conor Ben's exactly like his dad. I mean, it, it, the switch could just turn any any second. Um, the fact that they could be fighting each other because it's not been confirmed yet yeah. at, at catchweight. 
easily a stadium fight in the UK. Mm. Easily. 70,000 tickets could go in about 10 minutes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a big, big fight. And it's a shame. You're right. Obviously, the fight wouldn't do... I guess no one even knows it's happening over here in the no, US. No, probably not. Right? No. Because Connor Ben's ben, starting to make himself make a name for himself. Yeah. Eubank never got a foothold. He fought, I think, a couple of times in the US, yeah. but never... Never really gained any traction, but Conor Ben, because of his knockouts, is starting to get a little mm. bit of interest here. People are asking though, like you know, Matchroom have kind of built Conor, you know, slowly but surely. You know, he's taken of, you know, he's taken on a lot of sort of faded American welterweights and done them. So why risk? What a masterful it? job of the faded American welterweights. Yeah, oh, he's done it, but there's no more. <laughs> there's no <laughs> They've more run out. Now. They've run out. So everyone's like, okay, what are they doing? Why not an Avenician? You know, someone of that ilk, maybe a Cavillascus. They've got no. We'll take I, on. I think they're a little worried about Connor's chin. To be honest with you, I think Connor, like yeah. he's the the one common thread amongst all the opponents he's faced. None of them are punchers. None of them at this yeah. point. Whether it's Chris Algieri, Chris Van Heer didn't go back. No. Um, yeah, Granados, like yeah, those yeah, guys, they are not punchers. Yeah. So Vargas, he's, not yeah, really Vargas, either. not yeah. a not a hitter. So I'm curious to see how he he fares. Like I don't know if Eubanks considered a puncher. But he's a bigger guy. He's a bigger guy. He's yeah. guy. He's fought one six eight. Yeah, and he's always in shape. So I guess they're trying to. You know, there's a lot of talk about the fight being at 156 pounds, mm. um, which could drain Eubank. Um, me and you spoke about the A-side, B-side thing a bit earlier, about, you know, the A-side dictating. I guess Connor is the A-side in this yeah. one. Um, but it's a fight where there's almost too much money on the table for both to turn it down. Can't. can't yeah, there's no down. fight, and this is genuine for, for your listeners, there's no fight at 147 pounds that makes Connor Ben the same money that fighting Chris Eubank Jr. will. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, And I'm talking about Errol Spence, Terence Crawford, a lot of them. This fight in the UK generates so much money it's crazy honestly yeah. it's, it's crazy in terms of a pay-per-view we're gonna it would probably in the uk do around seven to eight hundred thousand buys mm -hmm. which is mental obviously yeah. our pay-per-view price is a lot lower than it is here in the us but it's such a big fight for chris eubank he's probably thinking it you know the risk reward's too big yeah like the risk against a welterweight is nothing and the reward's too big so why am i gonna fight the likes of ggg and the rest when i can fight this little guy coming up for 147 mm -hmm. pounds it, it, it sells. It really does. Fingers crossed I'm doing he's the face He's got to be well. thinking, too, Eubank, that, like, I can stop this guy. Like, yeah. he's a big puncher at 147, but I'm a 160, 168. Yeah, I'm going to walk through it. As long as I can get down there in a healthy way and not, you know, just be completely drained on yeah. fight night, I'm going to blow this guy out of it. In fact, I, and you know more people on that side of it than I do, but in the preliminary conversation of having boxing people, they think Eubank's going to blow him out. They think Eubank's going to run right through him. Like, yeah, and, and Eubank probably thinks so as well. Yeah. Like, Eubank, you know, for, for the lack of boxing ability he has, and he... he He's not great, if yeah. I'm honest with you. Like, Roy Jones hasn't really added much to his arsenal. No, every time somebody tries to be Roy Jones, it's, never, what we it's like everybody trying to be Floyd. Yeah, like, like, there's only oh, one. I can't take when people do the shoulder roll like Floyd. Oh, God. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. No, Broner tried to do it for years. <laughs> it never worked. Stop. No, everyone like, stopped. Oh, realize. just stop. And Roy Roy was great because his reflexes were so uncanny. Good. Like, so they were good. So good. And what Chris does have, though, is a chin. Yeah. So as much as everyone says Connor's got a bit of power, George Groves couldn't knock Chris Eubank out. And he landed a couple of big right hands. So I don't see how, I just don't see how Connor wins. Mm. But you know, kudos to him. He's going to get paid. What I hope it doesn't do is ruin him, like Correct. It did Kelbrook GGG. Yeah. So you hope it doesn't ruin him going forward. You hope he doesn't he went take all too the way much damage. To, yeah, like, Kelbrook's a good analogy. Like mm. went all the way up to 160, then came down to 147. Errol Spence beat the damage. It was never the same. Yeah, all over the place. That. The body shot to pieces, two orbital bones broken in both eyes. Mm -hmm. You don't want that. So you hope it doesn't ruin him, but. I guess they would have put a figure on the table and he probably said, give me that figure now. Yep. And that figure would be seven figures, you know, and maybe sort of decent seven figures as well, not just a million, maybe a bit more than that. So it's difficult for fighters to turn down that kind of money. Yeah. Very, very difficult. But look, 
They're talking about October in the UK. Hopefully you guys come over because yep. it's a massive, massive British fight. Love it. Looking mm. forward to it. Looking forward to Saturday. Adiola Depot, part of the broadcast team for Ryan Garcia against Javier Fortuna. And I apologize uh, for the backlash you're getting for sitting next to me and doing this podcast. Chris, I was about to referee. put up an Instagram post of me and you doing this, but... <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn your comments off yeah, then on that I, one. Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> Appreciate your time, man. Cheers, Chris. When we come back, my conversation with Jake Paul. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fight fans, come out swinging with a no-sweat-first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get up to $1,000 in free bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING. Bet on who will win, knockouts, when the fight will end, and so much more. So if you haven't tried FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. Just join now with the promo code BOXING to get a no-sweat first bet. That's up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, Jake, so I watched the the video of your face-off with Asim Rahman Jr. I got to tell you, my first reaction was Jake might have bit off more than he could chew. I mean, this, I think, is the first opponent you've looked up to, like literally. And there's right now, a month before the fight as we record this, or less than, he's got to be 20-plus pounds heavier than you at this point. Maybe more. (laughs) Maybe more. Even standing up there and watching the video back, I was like, damn, he's big. He really is a big guy. And this is a massive challenge, man. My manager, Logan, all of them are like, hey, I don't think you should do this fight. There's too much risk. But for me, I love a challenge. And I want everyone to tune in to be like, hey, 
Let's see if this kid is crazy or not. Let's see if he gets his ass kicked or let's see if he's right. Let's see if he has that knockout power and let's see if he can really box against professionals. So was that your thinking here? Because this really is high risk and medium reward maybe because, I mean, Rockman Jr. is not as well known as Tommy Fury, but I, I would argue he's the better boxer. He's the more dangerous fighter. He's going to be the bigger man in the ring. Was it just about proving to people that you can face and beat a, quote, real fighter? Yeah, that's part of it. And just the responsibility to my fans to put on events and proving to myself what I'm capable of. I want to test my own limits. I want to see just how good I am and check fighting a professional boxer off the list. And after this, I'll be able to fight the Anderson Silva's, the Nate Diaz's, but I didn't want to just keep on fighting MMA fighters and people being like, oh, well, they're not actual boxers. This is a really tough test. He has a huge amateur career. He has a good professional career, and we're going to see what I'm made of. You've sparred with him before. That video has made the rounds. Um, did that experience give you confidence that this was a fight you can win? You know, the, the answer is not really. Um, it was a very tough sparring session. But where my confidence comes from is knowing that I worked harder than him over the last 18 months since that sparring session. I guarantee it. I've been more dedicated. I've been in the gym. And I guarantee you I'm more obsessed with this sport than he is. And so my progress since that day, I guarantee you, is more than his. And that's why I know I can go in there and beat him. Is, is there bad blood between you two guys? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even just at the press conference today, there's just this back and forth. You know, he's still pissed off about that sparring session. And there's a lot of shit talking going on. And it's definitely personal. It's definitely personal. And I like that going into a fight. I want something that's entertaining. I don't want to fight someone that I respect or that I care for. To me, that's not fun. I want to fight an enemy. And he's my enemy. Tommy Fury pulled out of this fight. It's the second time he's pulled out of a fight with you, this time for travel reasons. Um, do you believe what Tommy Fury is selling? And the follow-up would be, is there a potential for that fight to be rescheduled down the line? I don't believe what he's selling. You know, his own dad came on Twitter and did an interview basically saying that he didn't do the fight because he told Tommy that he was overweight and that he wasn't training. So his own dad ratted him out. Who knows if he even went to the airport to get denied access. It seems crazy that one of the biggest stars in the UK goes to the airport and there's no pictures of him at the airport. <laughs> I don't believe it. I think he was scared to fight. And in the future, I, I just don't know if it happens, man. I'm, I'm tired of getting all amped up and ready to go and training for him and then him backing out. He's done it twice already, so why wouldn't he do it a third time? Is less than a month enough time for you to kind of pivot from facing Tommy Fury to Asim Rahman, who are two, you know, different style of fighters. Yeah, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> He's a southpaw, uh, so we have to train for that. He switches stance. He goes from southpaw to orthodox. So this will be my first time going up against a southpaw as well. So having to train for that, we know he's going to come out southpaw. Uh, so, yeah, we have to take the next 30 days and really sharpen that up. But I have some surprises for him, you know. Uh, I have a crazy crazy surprise for him that I have fighting against Southpaws. There's something that I'm really, really good at against Southpaws that they all need to watch out for, and I'm excited to show that August 6th. You know, I've said this in interviews, and I've done this in, in videos about, uh, you know, boxing videos, but, like, 
th- this should be the fight that quiets critics towards you because I always tell fighters, check the receipts on what your sixth professional fight looked look like. Who were you fighting? What kind of record did your opponent have? Like, it, Do you feel like this is the fight that if you win, everybody else can shut up? Yeah, they have to. They have to. And, you know, it was only a matter of time before this happened. I'm going to take harder fights. I'm going to keep on advancing and I'm going to fight a professional boxer eventually. And boom, here we are. And there's people like your your partner, Sergio, um, who, you know, I've even seen you say, who did he fight in his sixth fight? So I can tell you, Jake, I can tell you his name was Warren Cronenberger, who sounds like your tax attorney, but is actually Warren, that's not a boxer. Yeah, I'm doing something that's unprecedented here. Canelo's sixth fight was up against a guy who was two and two. So, you know, I don't have to do this. I could take easier fights just like all of them did, but I need this. I want this. I love a challenge and I love to shut people up. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. So you mentioned Sergio Mora. If you beat Rockman, you could return to facing MMA fighters. Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz. But you have also suggested that you would like to face a former champion. I happen to know a former champion. One that's old, with bad knees, and no power, and a body covered in kinesio tape, and old. What are the chances we could see Jake Paul in against Sergio Mora? Maybe, man, but you know, I, I don't, I don't like to pick on senior citizens. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I could do that. And I don't know if the public would want that fight. The thing about me is I have to make fights that the public want. So we'll see who that is after this fight. There's going to be people calling me out left and right. Everyone and their mom is going to want to fight me after this. So I'm just going to make a decision, go back with my team. Who knows? Maybe I'll retire. My brother after the last fight was like, yo, what? you should just retire. Like, you've done it all. No one can say anything now. Um, so who knows? I can, do, I can do whatever I want. I don't need the money. I don't need to fight. So we'll just see what ends up happening. Can I just make one request? If you do fight Sergio, can I be in your corner? Yes. Yes. You, <laughs> you can be my cut man, and uh, we'll take him down together. I, I don't think you'll need a cut man against Sergio. Let's just, go. Just, just, oh, you hear that, Sergio? Boom! <laughs> Jake, good luck uh, on August 6th, man. Uh, big event. Seam Rockman Jr., Matt Square Garden, Showtime pay-per-view. Always good to catch up. Thank you, Chris. Always a pleasure. When we come back, this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. All right, time now for this week's picks brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. And I hope you bet with me last week because you would have gotten rich. I told you, the Vegas odds on Derek Chisora against Kubrat Pulev were crazy. Plus 600 for Chisora to win by decision. Come on. That was an easy one. I put that bet down when I was in Vegas at the NBA Summer League. And I also turned around and rolled it over on Ray Vargas against Mark McSyle. And Vargas to win by decision. So I sweetened the pot with that deal. This week, I am focused now on Ryan Garcia against Javier Fortuna. Garcia is the favorite, and a big one, and deservedly so. Minus 1450, according to FanDuel at the moment. So you're not going to make a lot of money on betting on Ryan Garcia unless you're going to bet big. I do think it's a safe bet. I think Ryan, in his second fight in about three or four months, his second fight 
with Joe Goosen, his second fight since dealing with a hand injury and mental health issues. He is going to be a lot sharper. And Javier Fortuna, he does have a win since last year's loss to Jojo Diaz, but it was a low-level win, and I'm not confident in his ability to win a fight against Ryan Garcia. So take Ryan Garcia to win. If you want some better odds, take Ryan Garcia to win by knockout. Minus 200 right now for Garcia to win by knockout. I think his knockout run returns in this next fight. Before the fight against Tego, he had collected five knockouts in a row. Went the distance with Tego in part because Tego didn't really come to win. Let's be real. So I think he gets it back against Fortuna because Fortuna, if nothing else, is going to come to fight. I think he's going to walk into something big and Ryan Garcia is going to claim a knockout. So take Ryan Garcia to win and take Ryan Garcia to win by knockout if you want some better odds. Those are my picks brought to you by FanDuel. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Ade Oladipo and Jake Paul for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.